Welcome to Understanding Project Management Discussions. My name is Dave Barrett, and my guest today is Anand Sri Kumar. Our topic is project procurement, and through our discussion, you'll see the size and complexity of various project procurements that Anand has been involved in. He also describes the interplay between the buying project manager and the selling project manager. So please welcome Anand Sri Kumar. Hey Anand, how are you doing? Good, good Dave, how are you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so, so Anand, tell me a little bit about, about your uh, background or what, what, what types of projects have you, uh, have you managed in the past? Um, so uh, in terms of projects of, that I've managed in the past, I would say uh, a lot of engineering projects. Uh, I've done some app development projects, software development projects. Uh, and then moved on to like, uh, I've done from like moving in from engineering and uh, uh, software, I would say I've done marketing and event management projects. Um, and yeah, so I, I guess that would be the, the, the extent of the diverse really? type of projects I've done. Um, really? so you've had a full, a pretty good range going from engineering related projects into marketing projects. That's a pretty big range. Do you find them different or... How do yes. you how do you find what 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 do you find as the the key differences between those two sort of ends of the spectrum? Um, I I would say uh, in in engineering projects um, the the organization is kind of you can say in terms of from a project management perspective it's probably a little bit more mature in its understanding of project management methodologies because uh, a lot of the members of various teams already are aware of, uh, uh, let's say, the uh, project management framework or, you know, Gantt charts and uh, progress meetings and, you know, the whole, the methodology and the terminology that's kind of used. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it is not uh, the case in, in marketing and events, but let's just say it's a, it's a little different because it's, uh, in some cases, a lot more uh, fast-paced and fluid. So, uh, you have to make some tweaks uh, from the from the general kind of engineering project uh, frameworks and methodologies that you would use. Um, so yeah, that's that's my experience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it depends on the type of industry, depends on the type of organization, of course. Yeah, which ones do you like to work on? Uh, work on the most? Do you do you enjoy one or the other, or or, or is it either? I, I mean, I, I I like any project that's engaging and where I can learn. So uh, yeah. wherever I'm learning and I'm, you know, understanding new things, that always is, is a motivation for me. Yeah. Okay. So today's topic, we were going to focus on project procurement today. So that was our, our chosen topic. So, yeah. um, so what types of, of procurements uh, in terms of projects have you been involved in? So, you know, what are the types of the things that, that you've done in, in that area? So uh, I, I guess, um, in terms of like splitting it up, I would say um, I've, I've worked in both the private sector and kind of the public sector. So procurement in both those fields are completely, uh, it, it's kind of different you would say, uh, because public sector, the governance uh, is, is, is uh, different so in terms of, at least in terms of my experience, um, because you have, uh, 
it, it because basically you're spending public money, right? So the governance and the auditing and, and the type of standards that you're expected to follow uh, would be different uh, when you are basically, uh, for example, running an event, uh, the type of governance and the type of um, methodologies that you would use for procurement would be different from a public tender. Um, so yeah, again, I guess the industries are similar to the ones I mentioned before. Um, I also work for uh, one, you know, like in, in engineering trading and so on. So uh, that's pure procurement, right? So it's, it's not um, project related procurement, but in terms of uh, project procurement, I would say, yeah, the main division would be public and private sector. Um, and the differences that can be seen in each, each uh, type of environment you're in. Right. So when you were involved in project procurement, were you on the um, sort of selling side that you were in the organization that was, you know, trying to sell a, 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 the good or service to the buyer or were you on the buying side? So, or, or have you been in both? I've been on both sides. <laughs> uh, and so from my experience, um, from a selling side, um, if you're a project manager and you have to deliver a project, and the organizations makes the make or buy decision that you you know mention in your in your textbook. Um, you still have to manage that project once it's made or it's bought, right? So um, when you're a project manager on on the buyer side, um, you're you are in many times part of the procurement and tender process, and you could be depending on uh, I guess on your uh, experience and your profile in the organization. You could be part of the uh, process of collecting the information that's needed for that particular tender or that procurement process that's needed. Um, on the buyer side, I would say um, as a, sorry, uh, on the uh, seller side, uh, I would say it's a little bit different uh, because yes, I have been involved in it, but as a PM, sometimes you're, uh, in my experience at least, sometimes you're involved in in uh, you know preparing up a tender, preparing up a proposal towards the um, uh, tender or the RFI or RFQ or whatever it is that you're responding to. Uh, but in most instances, I've noticed that the PM comes into play after the tender has been awarded or uh, to, a, to a particular um, organization. So after the business development wing or the sales wing um, basically has uh, got a contract from uh, as part of a procurement of, of, a, of a buyer, you um, basically as a seller uh, jump in and uh, you're handed over the reins from your sales team. Um, and as a seller, uh, you know, you are trying to meet the needs of, of the buyer and uh, meet, you know, adhere to the project contract terms that have been agreed. Right. Okay, so let's let's start to break this down because we've we've been flipping back and forth between buyer and seller. So let's let's take it from the point of view. Let's just talk for a moment as you're on the buying side. So you're in the organization that's going to receive the good or service. You're going to create the RFP or or RFI or RFQ. But let's let's just assume it's an RFP um, in the statement of work. Uh, What's the biggest challenge when you're involved in, in that process? So, so, you know, sort of walk us through that of, of, of how do you find those steps? 
that, that are described in those early buying activities? Um, so I would say one of the greatest challenges is always um, ensuring that there is enough detail in a proposal uh, in an RFP that you create uh, so that all suppliers have are on the same footing when you know they receive the tender document, right? right. So, if we, if we put enough information in there, uh, and ensuring that there is enough information um, to give every supplier uh, enough background and enough uh, documentation to review and give an informed and thorough proposal in response to your tender. Um, I feel that's that's always a challenge to ensure that you know you are you're getting everything across to your commercial team when they are uh, they basically uh, take the information and then put in all the commercial and legal framework for them to you know issue it in the public if it's a public tender or uh, or otherwise. So yeah. I would say that is one of the greatest challenges. So how much time does like and I know this is a tough question because you've probably been involved in big projects and small projects from an, from a buyer side, but what would be the, you know, may, maybe the average amount of time to create that RFP and what would be the biggest you've ever, what's, what's the most that you've ever, that you've ever uh, been involved in just as a, uh, like a, generally speaking, approximately. So approximately I would say four months would be uh, uh, four to six months would be uh, a, a larger RFP creation right. so four uh, to six months so how big is that document like if you were if you were to print it out how big would it be um like, again just gen <laughs> I know I, I, that, that's a tough question to ask but how are we talking the the, the size of a uh, anyways how big do you think it would be i mean um it it's basically all the supporting documentation right that 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 kind of builds the size to it um again the, i mean i would say six months is probably even like a it's, it's not a very large scale project, uh, a, a very large scale project. The contracts itself are, uh, are, are many booklets, you could say. Um, however, for like for six months, uh, the, the large part of the documentation would be um, the kind of um, documentation that you, requ uh, you, know, you put in to support the uh, proposal. And uh, also the kind of, you know, all, all the kind of general tender documentation uh, and, and any kind of other supporting information. Again, a lot of it is dependent on the type of organization and the type, uh, whether it's you know, public or, or non-public, because there are a lot of uh, expected uh, items that you know, are, are needed to put in there as, uh, as requirements from a particular supplier. Right. So, and, and then let's let's not even get to the part of when the supplier returns back with this documentation, which is, uh, you know, it, it's massive in itself and it has to be reviewed uh, by various teams. Um, my experience is that sometimes um, suppliers are asked to give uh, a commercial proposal and a technical proposal and around, you know, uh, multiple copies of it uh, separately so that different teams are given those uh, dockets of uh, information to review uh, to make an informed feedback on the decision. So, right. So that's so just to review, and that this is the kind of thing that you know. Sometimes I 
struggle to 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 even describe this in the text or in in class which is just how big rfps and how detailed they can become like do you know just to kind of try to conceptualize that of four to six months of multiple people working on one like you're yeah. you're writing a, a small you know or moderately sized book at that at that point um, um yeah you I know, guess so, book, book would be uh, yeah. uh, an ex, uh, you know, it would be extreme. But I mean, uh, I I would recommend like um, anybody would be able to go to the public um, you know, government sites to see you know tenders that are out there, and right. and if, if they look at tender documents for uh, large projects that have been you know released by the government, um, at least the ones that are available to be seen, um, you know you you will see the amount of documentation that's in there. Uh, right. to, to support um, uh, like a, a project and 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 the end goal is I would say is always like to get as much information out there so that you you get an apples to apples uh, kind of proposal in return. Right, and it's very important. I think as you mentioned before, it's very important that you know you're getting as much information and the same information out to multiple suppliers yes, you're not yeah, telling and, one yeah. person you know a little secret to one person and there are one company and then another little secret to another company no, yeah and then that's that's a, that's a good point you brought in Dave because um every vendor um as part of a procurement process comes back with questions and and uh, good practice is to respond to each vendor's questions like if vendor or let's say supplier one asks four questions uh, and supplier to ask three questions. So you take those seven questions and let's say you're 10 suppliers who are bidding for this particular work, you give the responses to all of them so that at the same time, so that you know they have that same amount of information and they are not at a disadvantage when they're responding uh, to the tender. So how do you, when you, you described before a little bit, you the, the next further step in the process where you get multiple responses back from different suppliers or vendors and so you've yeah. got you know these proposals um or responses on your desk yeah. how how do you have, how have you seen organizations um what's the process they've used to sort through and to choose one because ultimately you got to get down to a to one in, in yeah. most cases so so for the q a sessions uh, what i've noticed is um um, the organization holds, uh, 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 you know, one or two, uh, mostly one I've noticed, um, session for all participants. Um, and they can all come and attend and ask questions. Uh, so instead of the back and forth over correspondence, uh, you have one session where all vendors can basically um, look at uh, what the questions are being asked by other vendors or themselves and you know, listen to the response from everyone so that, again, everybody is on the same page. Um, in, in terms of um, what is the next, uh, how it is evaluated, uh, normally it is put in in the proposal, uh, sorry, in the tender that uh, this is how, um, you know, the, the different weightages and the different, you know, uh, components on uh, evaluation of a particular tender. Uh, and then what I've seen is that it, it then gets distributed to various uh, divisions within uh, an organization uh, or within a government unit. And and you know and they come up and weigh and score against those. Uh, sorry, they score against the various weights uh, that's been put in and pre-agreed. And this is not created after a tender is released. This is created during, you know, and and it is um, 
shared with the different suppliers. So when the proposals come back, everybody knows what they're going to be, um, um, you know, what they're going to be scored against. So let's say you have four components and, you know, component A is 50% and component B is 10%. This allows the, the supplier to uh, give a lot more content and information on A as opposed to giving a lot more on B and not enough information about A so that uh, they know that, you know, the evaluators are, are looking at uh, component A as opposed to component B. Right. So, so it's sort of like you're, you're letting the suppliers know the rules of the game yeah. before they play the game. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of like if you, you if you're going to have a, a, a soccer team come and play soccer and you didn't tell them the rules, how could they yeah. play? So that's, exactly. that's an important, is there any, from your experience, have you had, and again, this is from the buyer side, have you, have you had a, a, a you know, the whole RFP selection process that kind of didn't work out? Like, is there, is there any, um, and I know you, you know, you can't describe actual companies and so on, but has there been any situations where you went, Ooh, you know, we should have done X or Y, uh, and, mm. and maybe didn't choose the, 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 the right one. Um, I, I would say that if, if, it, it, um, you know, procurement exercise happens after a lot of, um, thought and you know it, it is a big decision <clears throat> and it's a lot of um, resource it, you know it, 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 it takes up a lot of resources so uh, if, if you have come to that position uh, after a tender process I, I you know I, I don't believe I've I've been part of a tender process where not, something was not awarded of course there could could be delays to awarding yeah. uh, because of many different things but um, no, uh, okay. not being awarded again. So this is from a like a, let's say a public um, or like government sector where I've been both part of the um, you know giving uh, from the seller side as well as the buyer side. Uh, but from let's say the private sector, you can always have you know procurements that are that start off but are put on hold for a while, and um, uh, let's say they. I mean, but but it's very rare that I've seen that at, at a public tender or a public uh, or like uh, um, an RFP has gone out and uh, there has been no decision made or the RFP has been completely changed. Not not saying that it doesn't happen, um, but I've not been involved in those. <laughs> that's good. That, that's good. Before we just move on to the selling side for for a little bit, just one thing I wanted to talk about was the whole creation of the contract you know have you what can you tell us about contract writing is that an easy thing is that a is that something that's done quickly or, or how do you what how can you characterize contracts Con, I, I guess um <clears throat> contract writing is normally uh, uh i don't think a pm would be uh, at least from my experience won't be the one writing or drafting oh. up contracts it would it would normally be a legal uh, or commercial team that probably has templates uh, for contracts that has been pre-approved if, if it is to be done quickly, but that wouldn't be the case for like large contracts that would have to be uh, thoroughly reviewed and vetted before it is released um, for, you know, signing by both parties. Uh, it is, I, I, I've seen uh, massive, massive contracts with, you know, many um, schedules supporting supporting it that that 
goes into, as you said, books, right? The size of books, okay. literally. Right. <laughs> uh, well, that's been, that's been my experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, uh, that can take time. Yes, right. that's been my experience that that oftentimes, at, at least where I found, and at least in some instances, it seems like the 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 creation of the contract takes seems like practically as long as the creation of everything else, because, yeah. of you know, you get down into the, uh, you know, the really nitty gritty details of, of legality. So um, so I just want to flip to the seller side just just for a moment. We've been focusing more on the buyer side, but you mentioned that you do have some experience from the, you know, being on in the organization mm -hmm. that is um, receiving RFPs and now need to to yes. communicate their proposals and so on. So from that perspective, what, at, being on that team, whether it's on a project team or on the team that's, you know, the, the organizational, the business development team, what's the greatest challenge you see there? Like what, what's, what's their, what's their uh, challenge? I, I think from that, as you said, it's, it's a business development uh, activity and less of a PM activity. And um, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's all about um, making sure that you are giving enough value for the <clears throat> Uh, kind of proposal that you're putting out there, uh, so that you let the client uh, know that you know your uh, your proposal is uh, superior to the competition's. And I guess I guess a lot of it is always trying to double guess uh, what the competition is going to do and going to propose. <laughs> so uh, as I said, it's it's less of a PM task, but more of a <clears throat> BD or um, you know like yeah a business development task. So you're always trying to see what the competition is doing and try to see how you can differentiate yourself and add value and try to um, provide a proposal that, um, you know, gets awarded by basically. Right. Under <laughs> yeah, understanding those, those value, valuation criteria and, and working to it. And no, I agree that when we think of project management, it's normally on the other side, on the buying side and so yeah. on, because, um, you know, that, that process takes place, but I've but I've always felt that you know as a as a project manager, it's useful to understand the selling side because you're 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 you know you're going to be receiving that proposal. You know, yeah. again, I'm back on the buyer side. I'm going to receive the propose the proposal from the seller, yeah. and understanding what they do and how they work is important to evaluation. You know? Yeah, so, I, I would also say that there's also remember that you know if 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 a seller gets awarded a contract, um, the seller assigns a PM. Yes. So there is there is a seller side PM that has to manage uh, the project. So you can be a PM on the seller side, uh, but most likely you, it will not be as part of the contract no. tendering process, but it will be more when the contract is awarded. So, yes. and then you'll have this relationship between two PMs uh, where you have the seller side PM and the buyer side PM, you know, uh, trying to uh, align and, you know, um, ensuring that they can work together. And, yeah. uh, and, and how do you find that? Have you been involved as one or the other of the PMs? Yeah, so uh, I, I've, I've had to manage a lot of, um, uh, let's say supplier, uh, suppliers um, in various projects. So in, in, from a buyer's perspective, um, you, you kind of see that um, you have um, a lot more 
let's let's say you have a lot you feel that you have a lot less control because you're now a few degrees away from uh, the the granular level of delivering the project as opposed to having you know the the materials and 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 the resources are now not directly under your control but there is a layer in between which is the uh, supplier and right. the supplier is uh, you know are, is probably working on multiple projects and you know their resources are are going to be based on the number of projects that they're doing and and probably the the level of importance and the uh, amount of i guess the the contract award uh, budgets that will set some of the priorities at some point in in terms of uh, how quickly they respond to you so so what's it's, your strategy in those cases like let, let's again so assume you're the you're the pm for the buyer side yeah. You're you're dealing with the the supplier side PM. Yeah. How, what what strategies have you used to to get them to pay attention to you or get your project done while you know they might be dealing with multiple other projects? Like, what do you do? I mean, um, right from the offset. I mean, you ask like uh, you know you you put set your expectations on what what the project is and what it is meant to achieve and the deadlines and so on. And, and the budget estimates that have been uh, shared on, on the basis of what the contract is awarded. Um, so you basically set expectations in the beginning and um, you try to build a working relationship with the PM. And uh, again, a lot of it also depends on the size of your organization. If, if, you, are, if you are doing this uh, from a large organization, normally the vendor, you know, they have assigned full-time PMs and and again, uh, while the some of these things are, uh, I mean, one of the things that I I don't like to turn to is to um, basically try to refer back to the KPIs and the contract because you only do that when things are going wrong and you don't want to do that right at the start. But you communicate that in the beginning, um, and you communicate at the beginning. But when you see things are deviating from uh the plan then you basically have to ensure that you meet your kpis and that your vendor or supplier um adheres to what you know they have contractually obliged to uh right. but that's that's always uh it, that that is when things get a little bit more um let's say interesting <laughs> yeah like almost you i i, I like the fact i, I just want to highlight the fact that you said, you know, one of the things you do is build the relationship between like good stakeholder management where you're, you're building that and, and you do have the KPI, the key performance indicators and the contract, but that's not your first, you know, no. you, you, you keep bringing that out. You, yeah. you every time you do that, if, if, if every time there's some tiny little problem, you, you show them the contract, it's, yeah. It detracts from the relationship. You know, it's yeah. a it's a game of give and take, and so on. And that's that's true on all types of project management, but you know, true in procurement projects. Yeah. Well, very, very, very much. Yeah, really good uh, point. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, uh, managing um, supplier uh, project managers also makes your life sometimes easier because um, you know because of the fact that. Um, you don't have to directly manage resources or uh, materials. Um, you are pretty much managing uh, the entire supplier organization, you can say. Uh, so it is within their remit to basically deliver certain things. Um, so 
in in some ways it it is easier and and then what happens is you know then you are managing multiple projects and you're allowed to scale uh, as opposed to uh, being a PM who has to directly manage these projects. So again, this is kind of where the make or buy decision was made, um, depending on the core competency of the organization. Uh, right. But yeah, there are there are definitely different aspects to uh, from a from a buyer side PM uh, as opposed to a seller side PM. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a you know I I think you've hit the just a sort of if I would just to speak that back to you that you know there there are advantages. Uh, you don't have to directly manage the resources like you do if it's an internal project. Um, but on the other hand, you can't, if there's an issue, you can't walk down the hall or necessarily mm -hmm. call the engineer or developer uh, just to fix it. You're working through a PM on yeah. the seller side, which is which is both, you know, there's good parts about that, but there's challenging parts about that. So it, yeah. it it makes the whole area of, of procurement really rich and interesting from a from a development point of view. So, um, anyways, no, I Anand, I appreciate your 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 time and your expertise on this. This has been a really interesting discussion about procurement. So, um, you know, thank you uh, very much for this, and and good luck on your future projects. Thank you so much, Dave. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Bye bye.